As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazet. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. Well, welcome to the newest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm here with Randy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Kristen. I'm excited about today. I know. This is uh, this is going to be a fun podcast because we're actually doing something a little different. Yeah. We're going to actually kick off and, and launch a three-part podcast series. We've yeah. never done this before. No, we've never done that, but I, I, I like what we're doing. We're going to get to really drill down on some things and kind of... I know, unearth some things and learn some things. Yes. I'm going to learn something today. I got my notes ready. (laughs) I'm going to learn something. I know that I am. I might learn, you know, what people have done right in ministry, what people have done wrong in ministry, the mistakes that they learned. You know, but you know what? That's what I love about this podcast is because it is, it's just real talk, real, Mm -hmm. real life, real ministry. And if you're joining us for the first time, um, that's what you're going to find here at the Relational Leader Podcast. And Today is going to be no different. The series that we're going to kick off, it is on worship and creative culture. So we're going to kind of drill down into the area of worship and creative at Mm -hmm. our churches. Um, But this is going to be relevant beyond just those ministry areas. If you're a listener and and maybe you don't work in that area, maybe your lead pastor is going to be super helpful for you. Um, I know, Randy, you have a great dynamic uh, working relationship with our worship and creative teams. I do. And so I think it just... In every ministry area, so speaking from a lead pastor yeah. standpoint, in any ministry area that is that you would say is vital to your church, okay, they're all vital, but you know things that are like the the big rocks, if you will. Sure. As the lead pastor, I think that we need to be involved and integrate and give vision and, and help create culture and team unity. And so this is going to help from you as a lead pastor. And if you're not a lead pastor, you're working in some other ministry of kids or yep. groups or something like that. The principles that we should learn in these things regarding team unity and culture, they will also be able to cross-pollinate. Absolutely. And you'll be able to use them somewhere else as well. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I know I'm excited about it because I think it's an area of ministry that if you don't have unity in there with the lead pastor and the worship mm-hmm. and creative and, and production – you can kind of tell in a church. It almost feels like it's two separate things. Like the the worship doesn't seem to have a connection with what the pastor's preaching yeah. on. And it's all of those things. You can kind of, I've been in churches like that Yeah, I was going to say, we've all been to churches like that. Well, and... I've pastored a church like that before. <laughs> so, yeah. Have you, have you learned some things I mean, in pastoring? Yeah, it, indeed, exactly. <laughs> well, it is, that's, that is what we're going to drill down today. Um, and that is this, this, this topic of team unity. And it is, it is vital. It is critical and yep. crucial in the body of Christ and on our staffs, no matter what ministry area you're in. And we are joined today um, by a team member of Baysides. We're so excited to have Mr. Will Gann with us. Hey. How are you doing, Will? Doing great. And the crowd goes wild. Oh man, I can hear him. So Will uh, sits on the team at Bayside and he is our executive director over creative worship and production. Yep. And uh, and it's actually been a really uh, cool season for you as you stepped into this role. Mm-hmm. Um, just what, maybe 
10 months ago or so. And one of the first things that you did was you brought, you unified three teams that were kind of individually standing. They were operating side by side, Mm -hmm. but you unified three creative worship and production teams. So I think you probably have a lot to share with us today. I have a a lot of, uh, a lot of ideas and, you know, maybe not things that I've done right all the time, but um, it, I've been saturated in it over the past you, ten months. You like were you thrown said, thrown into the deep end. I was no, and it was great, man. It was it, it was an awesome opportunity to to be able to do that and learn a ton so quickly. Um, so yeah. Well, we're glad you're here, and you have ministry experience prior to this. You've sure. been in ministry for what the last. 12, 14, 14 years, years. Yeah. and uh, your heart for the so Lord and the young, church. So young, but yet so much experience. So much I, wisdom. I kind of got depressed when I was thinking about that. I was trying to think how many years I've actually been doing it. I'm like, oh, 14, dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm you're, old. You're not, I'm you're not 22 anymore. Not anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> but what's so cool about this, so what you said, Kristen, is how uh, the, the unification that happened mm-hmm. in his team, all of us as listeners, we could be thinking right now of ministries mm-hmm. that may be under the same leadership or umbrella, but how many silos there are inside yeah. those ministries. Right. Yeah. And it, and it is so hard to bring continuity mm-hmm. in those teams. And I, I think COVID had a lot to do with, with some of that for a sure. lot of churches. I know it did for us. Yeah. But these principles work whether you're in a pandemic or not. Sure. And it's that unification. It's the, mm-hmm. the unity that, that happened that I'm looking forward to drilling in today. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's yeah. kick it off. I want to kick it off with a topic that, you know, we talk a lot about around here. Um, and I'm sure uh, if you're listening, this is a word that you use. You want to be collaborative. Right. Um, you, you want to collaborate with those that are around you, those that yeah. are in your ministry. Um, sometimes that's hard to do. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, but that is a key component, yeah. wouldn't you say, to Absolutely. having team unity. So let's kick it off and let's talk around that topic of mm-hmm. how do you will and, and what have you learned? Maybe how have you gotten it wrong? You know, we, yeah. li- we like to share, yeah. you know, the things that we don't get right on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but what have you done to really create a culture of not just unity, but one that is very collaborative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned something there where you said we all want to collaborate and I'm not sure that that's necessarily true because right. a lot of us go into things and we don't want to collaborate because sometimes it would be easier if we just made the decision ourselves or came up with came up with whatever the solve is to the problem ourselves and just kind of kept it to ourselves did it and sent it out so um, I, I think what we have to do is we have to get to a point where we understand that it, it is better to collaborate um, and it's just the fact of the matter. Whenever we collaborate with other ministries, other people, uh, people of different walks, people of, of different positions, whenever we collaborate, we always, even though it's such a, uh, it can be a difficult process, it can take more time, it is always a better solution. Um, no, there, there's times where we have like small problems that we can just kind of like between a couple people just figure it out. But in this day and age, there's hardly ever. Uh, solve that doesn't include a lot of people that doesn't uh, include a you know where we're doing solving a problem that includes uh, you know whether it's a church or an organization a lot of different people and you got to bring other people mm-hmm. in when you do that it's just a better product it's just a better solution that you come up with and when you come to that realization then I think it kind of 
conditions you to want to do that more to like mm. I need to collaborate in this season so before before we actually collaborate we have to understand that we need to collaborate yeah and before we get to the point where we need to collaborate we have to be humble enough to realize we don't have all the answers <laughs> and we don't we, we can't do it all and yeah. so yeah. You're, I'm just sitting here thinking about my own self and how we, we, <laughs> I guess we all need to get to the place where we realize I'm not the smartest person in the room. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's no, really yeah. what I'm, I'm sitting here. How do I, how do I say this? You know? Yeah. And it's easy for somebody like me. Cause you know, I'm from Louisiana. I'm, I'm never the smartest person in the room, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I don't have pride. Mm -hmm. And so saying I'm not the smartest person in the room means that my ideas may not be the best. Mm hmm and if you don't realize that, if you don't come to the place where you will say that, you'll never collaborate. I think it can also come from this side as well, which is a lot of times as the point leader for your ministry, whether you're the lead pastor or you're, you know, the lead person for a ministry, the pressure that we feel to be the leader. Mm. I have the answers. Yeah. I've mm -hmm. heard from God. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if you don't come that way, when you have a meeting and you walk in that room, you feel the pressure of, oh, I need to come with something. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll never collaborate like that. Yeah. So take the pressure off. You're not the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't need to come with all the answers. Right. And and that's, if you don't have that, like you said, Will, yeah. then you'll never collaborate. Yeah. yeah. It takes the pressure off by realizing that, humbling yourself. Right. You know. Patrick Lencioni, he said, um, your job as a leader is not to give great ideas. Your job is to create environments to work. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's it's our job as leaders to facilitate and to create those environments where we're casting that vision, we're keeping it unified across all planes and uh, allowing space for people to, again, conversate, collaborate, and come up with you know a mm -hmm. great thing yeah. instead of us just saying, like, here's what we're going to do and, you know. All right, so let's let's drill down if we can mm -hmm. a little bit more into this, and let's talk really practically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so it is we're all in agreement that it's better to collaborate, yeah. and I think specifically to these areas of worship and creative and production, and then even working with the lead pastor. If there's not collaboration between all of those areas, um, we talked about this a little bit before. You you walk into a, a Sunday morning service, and you can tell that something was planned in silos and it didn't all come together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, all right, so from both the lead pastor perspective and, you know, Will, from someone in your seat or leading multiple teams mm -hmm. on a church staff, how do you collaborate well? Like, what are some practical things you do to create environments where collaboration can happen, mm -hmm. to create healthy conversation, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to make sure that you're not the only one speaking in the room? Mm -hmm. Let's just give a couple, I don't know, three or four practical things to help our listeners actually collaborate well. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to creatives, uh, whether they are designers or worship uh, leaders or uh, live production, um, you know, it's very easy to say we want to think outside the box. We want to come up with something that we haven't come up with before. But uh, in order to create that space for collaboration, we have to give them a box. Mm -hmm. We have to give them parameters of this is this is what we're here for. This is what this is the problem we're trying to solve. Here's where uh, we need to stay inside these lanes, whether it's budget or timelines or whatever it is. You give them a box and then say, now, here's the box. You're free to roam within this box anywhere you want so that 
them with their creative mindset and their ideas. They're not just coming up with like, no idea is a bad idea. And they're coming up with all kinds of stuff. Now they're using that creative energy for a specific purpose. And it's allowing them to build off of each other because they know, uh, they know the lanes that they need to stay in in order for this to be a good solution. So uh, always coming in there with the parameters, the vision, and the clarity of what we're here to, to do. is So it could be, uh, you know, I'm thinking as a, a leader outside of worship and creative mm-hmm. ministry that you come in with the problem. Okay, here here's the problem and, and here's the issue that, mm-hmm. at hand that we need to solve. So you created a box right. in essence. Here, here's the topic, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so then they can be free to be creative by solving that problem or hitting that timeline or developing that series or yeah. worship set or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And I, I've also learned that they need time to think through these things. It's very difficult, um, I think for anybody, but especially creatives, it's very difficult just to throw something on them and say, what should we do in this situation? Because they just need time to process and dream and think about it. So being uh, prepared ahead of time and giving them as much information as we can ahead of time, say, hey, next week we're going to have this meeting. I'd really like for you to be thinking about these things because they're not just going to be thinking about them in the offices. They're going to be thinking about them when they're grocery shopping. They're going to be thinking about them when they're watching TV. They're going to be thinking mm-hmm. about these things. And then they're going to be inspired by what they're surrounded by, um, not you know throughout the day. Uh, and so then that gets them prepared as well for the meeting that's ahead. So being prepared ahead of time and then developing that time of collaboration is huge. That's good. You got anything to add? No, that, that's great. Giving them the time to think about it beforehand. Because you're right, it's they'll come practical. up with it. They'll come up with ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually to probably to create some lag time afterwards mm-hmm. because the collaboration will create ideas and thoughts that they'll want right. to put in the crock the pot yeah. right. and, and let it sit for a little while. So th- that's the problem with church always, isn't it? Now, how do we do that you just have to start with the end in mind mm-hmm. right here's the date where we yeah. have to produce this series whatever the thing is yeah. and then you got to back way up and so you got to have a lot of lag time or lead time should right. i say right and uh so that there's time to breathe beforehand mm-hmm. come to the room collaborate think about it some more and have ideas mm-hmm. so yeah uh, you do a good job of that which is which is why we, we're so far ahead on so many things right mm-hmm. now, planning, because you've created that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, all right, so what do you do, Will, when you've got a room and you've got a bunch of different types of people in that room and mm-hmm. they're from different ministry areas mm-hmm. Uh-oh. and you're, you're collaborating. <laughs> Uh-oh. So this is all happening, but mm-hmm. in their mind, they're thinking about how this impacts me and my ministry and all that we have on our plate. So then that's when the unity behind these ideas and behind well, mm-hmm. the vision, there, it, it can get a little tense sometimes, maybe, sure. maybe not. Yeah. Um, so how, how do we maintain that unity when, when people are sitting in different seats and they are a part of different ministries and sometimes they don't know what the other person has going on mm-hmm. and, and, and it can sometimes rub a little and it can impact how collaborative we can be. Sure. Um, so let's talk about that. How do you kind of create unity among multiple ministries when they all have to work together to push the vision forward or to create something and make something happen. Yeah. The reason that that's so difficult is because, um, we're, we're people, you know, like we might be a small groups director. We might be a, a kids director, but behind that, we're just, we're just people trying to do the ministry that we're called to. 
and uh, and we have a calling and we're we're specific to that. But I think there's beauty in that as well. And whenever we try to uh, hide that fact or whenever we try to get away from that fact that we're just all people trying to figure this out, um, then it starts to get really tense and we start to think just about, well, my job is to just do this type of ministry. My job is to just think about worship or just think about creative or just think about discipleship or whatever it is. But it's really important to understand, and you know, maybe this is set up uh, ahead of the meeting or, or whenever, but it's really important when, when times do get that, that tense and you're starting to feel that, to really go back to the vision, not only of the meeting, but the vision of the church, the vision of the organization, and strip away any type of position or title and let's let's make sure we know why we're here. We know why we're doing this. So as opposed to having people from all different ministry areas, can we just stop a moment and think that we're just all people in this together? Mm-hmm. And we're not we're not just worship leaders and kids directors and you know, we're all people in this together. Here's the problem, let's solve it, and then let's work together to figure out how we can manage it moving forward. And I think when we when we do that uh, we kind of take this shield away from our eyes. We take these blinders off to realize that we are here part of one team. And that that's one of the big reasons that when, um, when COVID hit and we were uniting these three teams, I took a step back and said, okay, I'm not going to lead these three siloed teams. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take everybody and just say, Hey, we are all part of one team for this season you are not just a project manager. For this season, you are not just a worship leader. For this season, you're not just a graphic designer. For this season, we are all in this together. And you might have strengths, you might have preferences, and we're gonna put you where your strengths are are utilized, but let's just think about us being on one team. And the amount of work that we got done in that season and the amount of just creative things that we were able to come up with because we didn't have the, I am first this position and then I am this person. It flipped and said, I am first somebody who's devoted to the vision of the church, somebody who has a heart for the church, this community community and these people. That's who I am first. And that's what I'm going to bring first. And then I'm going to support it with the strength of being a worship leader or being a live production director or whatever. And I think what you're saying is important as the church gets larger. Yeah. Because when, when you're a smaller church or a more of a startup church, everybody's a utility player. Right, mm-hmm. right. But as the church grows, you begin to hire people for specific things. Like you're a graphics designer, a graphic designer. You that, And we need that. That's mm-hmm. what you do. However, uh, it makes unity disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it makes them... Uh, creates an opportunity for them to forget the part they play within the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that with your team, we maybe as a whole need to regularly as leaders figure out ways to go through seasons where you go, okay, guys, guess what? We're, we're going to mix things up right now. Yeah. And a pandemic calls that to happen to us. But how much more productive could we be if we created those moments where we took people's titles away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we said, I need your ideas, even though you're graphics or creative, we're going to talk about worship stuff. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's given ideas for all of that, right. keeping the unity, and it helps them see the bigger picture of yeah. what we're really doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So from a lead pastor perspective, I mean, this is something that you, from planting the church, you mean all you had was utility players and Mm -hmm. you saw this progression kind of happen. From a lead pastor perspective, and those maybe lead pastors, executive pastors that are listening to this podcast, what are some things that you constantly keep in front of you to help lead this church staff in that in that spirit of unity and not getting stuck in silos as it's grown over the years? Well, um, I mean, I always feel like I've been a collaborative person, but, you know, if you keep doing things the way you've always done them, then you're not really growing. Mm-hmm. And I think we should all be growing. And so I just jumped into the deep end of the pool of being a collaborative leader during the pandemic uh, by restructuring the church. And so now I went from having three direct reports now to eight. And I brought a lot of people close to me because I wanted to collaborate more. And so th- the reason why I did that was a couple of things. One is it brought more unity because a lot more people are solving problems they're, we're cross-pollinating between ministries because yeah. there's eight of us in there. Yeah. And and then secondly, um, it, it allowed me to solve the problems, not in a silo, from some executive office, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way I do it is just say, okay, here's the, the new structure, you know, so we can collaborate. Here's the problem, you know, so you guys, let's come up with solutions. So everybody's sharing all of this together rather than me solving it in some room somewhere with yeah. a group of two or three people. Yeah. And uh, it's it's helped a whole lot. In fact, I think the church, which is we have a lot of employees and it would be a, a fairly large church. We're making decisions rapidly and quickly and mm-hmm. they're better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. I mean, who doesn't want to make better decisions faster? <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, you know, I read somewhere that, you know, silos, it's not that silos are bad. Silo, work gets done in silos. And so that's why you've got departments and ministries. But where you really push the ball forward, where you really push the vision forward is when you get out of the silos and you cross pollinate, as you mm-hmm. said, as mm-hmm. you, when you, when you put, take off your hat for just a moment, you got to go back in there and get right. it done, mm-hmm. but you got to take that hat off for a little bit. To me, it would just simply be, you know, here's the problem that I want to solve. And, and, uh, we're going to come into the room together with people who really, it's, it, it's not even a problem in your ministry, Yeah. but your brain trust can be used to help solve that somewhere else. Right. And that's to me, good. that's the getting people out of silos. Yeah. Yes. And, and then it reminds them of the big picture. And right. as soon as you start What they're hearing, a part of, like Will was saying, like we're not just a part of just this one ministry. Yeah. We're yeah. a part of all of this. Exactly. And then when you get in a room like that, solving problems from other ministries and other people, and you're hearing their stories, yes. now there's a heart connection. So you pull the wagon harder. Yes. Mm-hmm. You care more. You mm-hmm. care. You care. Because you're aware. You, you so can't good. care if you're not aware. But by cross-collaborating, you're made aware. So you're pulling harder. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. You care because you're aware. Mm. I feel like that's like it's a poetic. That's that is. Wow, that's like Man. a sermon point. We should educate care. That's a whole aware. new series. <laughs> next, next podcast series: <laughs> How to be aware so you can care. Uh, no, this is so good. This is so good. Okay, so let's jump to um, kind of a, another topic, and and this is definitely uh, underneath that same team unity. 
but how do you create a team that mm -hmm. yes is collaborative yes is unified we're all pushing the vision forward together but they're also a team that that knows it's okay to try something new mm -hmm. and they might they might make it they mm -hmm. might miss the mark a little bit yeah um and and still stay unified together and not be like i told you that wasn't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> that was a stupid idea <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things have you done or learned and maybe maybe you've gotten it wrong a little bit and that's helped you get it right mm -hmm. um, but to create those environments and those conversations yeah you know I think just having a grace-filled environment is huge um, what do you mean by a grace-filled environment well not just in uh, um, not even just in work related issues but just grace for people I mean that's what we're called to do right mm -hmm. we're called to have grace for people and I think sometimes when we get into a work mentality or a ministry mentality, it's sometimes difficult to have that because we we want to have s such great products that we produce and we, you know, it's for the missions and we, it needs to be perfect, it's gotta be. But once we are extending that grace that we're called to do throughout, whether that's in conversation, whether that's in collaboration, whether that's in uh, meetings or whatever, just having an atmosphere of grace for people and really prioritizing people over their position and over what they produce. That goes a long way with people. And when people are operating and working in an environment where they know they're trusted, mm -hmm. uh, not trusted to always make the right decision, not trusted to always do the best product that's always gonna serve the best purpose, but when they're trusted to serve the vision of the organization and the vision of the church, like. I, I don't know if the video is going to turn out the best, but I know that the heart that it's coming from is in alignment with the vision, and I trust that. And could we add trusted as well that my ideas may not be the best? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I trust that I'm working on, you know, a bigger project than just yeah. myself, and I'm trusting that, you know, all the ideas will come out. But let's say we try your idea, and yeah. in debrief we go, yeah, we're not going to do a video like that or yeah. mm -hmm. whatever. So. We have to be willing to lay our pride down and to, to be Absolutely. rejected. And that's hard, especially for creative yeah. types in worship and stuff as well. Yeah, but that it goes back to vision on that as well, you know, because we're not here to create things for our portfolio. We're here to create things that serve the, the vision of the church. Yeah. And uh, in debriefing and talking about how we can get things better, we have to disconnect our emotional side. And uh, even though we put our heart and soul into it, our heart and soul is not found in what we are creating. Our heart and soul is found in our creator. So once we have that debrief, we should be able, we have to be able to disconnect and really want to get better and want to serve the house more, but not get offended if uh, there's critiques. And that's why, um, you know, we have to be really specific with our critiques and, and understand that, hey, this isn't a reflection of you as a person. This is how, why, how we want to get better as mm -hmm. a whole um you know uh i i really think it's as as a leader i'm here i, I want to be a leader who inspires people not just a manager who directs people and so i think mm -hmm. that if we have that culture of grace and if i'm prioritizing people over position and i'm trusting people and i'm inspiring them then they're gonna realize that hey my leader is for me not just for my position so I'm going to try new things. I've got a box that I can think in and, and roam in and make decisions and be creative in. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to try something new because it might be the best thing ever. 
it might miss the mark, but I know that he's for me. I know that my my pastor's for me, my leader's for me, and I'm going to get better through it. And mm-hmm. so uh, it, it just helps it just helps cultivate that yeah that mentality of um, it's okay if I miss the mark every now mm-hmm. and then because I'm here for the long haul and I'm not getting graded on the things that I'm producing or, or yeah I mean it adds to that spirit of unity when yeah. you have trust when for you sure. have trust among a team. What do you do, you know, whether you're lead pastor like you, Randy, or just in, in leadership, and and you know that trusting someone is, I've got to be okay. And maybe this is a good question for you, Randy. Like, i got to be okay knowing that I think this might fail. Oh, happens all the but time. But they're going to learn. To like, every leader, how, though. Yeah, it's, to every leader. It, how do you, for leaders that maybe struggle with that, like, I don't know how to let it go and just well, let Well, just it fail. here's the reality I do? think what? about all the time. Yeah. Somebody let me make some stupid decisions mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. And I made a lot of stupid ones. I'm, I, obviously, I still do. I'm one of those kind of people, though, I hate repeating the same mistakes. I mean, it just drives me insane. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I feel like I make better decisions now. However, there was a point in time where I made decisions that were not nearly as wise as they are now. Mm-hmm. And somebody let me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you forget the height from which you've fallen, it's good. then you won't love people the way that you should love them or give them opportunities the way that you should. Are they going to be bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, your ideas are bad, too. Yeah. But they were way worse way back when. Mm. But somebody gave you a chance, and look at where you are now. Right. And you, you never know. The person that's making the mistakes now that you think, oh, that's, that's dumb. We shouldn't try it. But you do it anyway. That could be the person that ends up becoming the star on the team that right. you, you, when it's time, you pass the ball to them because they're going to take the last shot because yeah. they got the best ideas. Yeah. And you'll never know that unless you give them a chance to miss some shots. Right. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, this whole conversation has been great. Yeah. And I've learned a lot. I hope those of you listening have learned a lot. Maybe you'll even pass this along to some somebody who isn't currently a podcast subscriber. This will really help them. Will, thank you so much yeah, for, for sure. taking the Thanks time. Thanks for having me on. That's awesome. Sharing some of what you've learned Absolutely. and what you apply. You're a great leader here at Bayside. And Thank you. We're so thankful to have you part of the team. Thanks, Randy. Will. Glad to have you on it, man. This Thanks, was man. great. Appreciate it. Yeah. I know. Well, we'll have to do it again. Um, again, for those listening, remember, this is just part one of our series. So I'm we excited. we got some more to go. Get ready. Oh, next, next episode is going to be great. So make sure you uh, join us for that. Until then, I um, hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.